Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We are live from Las Vegas as the NBA gets ready to kick off the 2022 Las Vegas Summer League. It is a balmy 110 degrees in Vegas. Oh, wouldn't it be nice to be in Paris? Not quite, but Sacre Bleu, we're going to have a show anyway. NBA Today starts right now. This is NBA Today, hosted by Malika Andrews. Cultured. We start today with news out of the Brittany Griner trial in Russia. She pleaded guilty this morning to bringing hashish oil into Russia, telling a judge she did so, quote, inadvertently. And so for more on this story, I want to bring in our investigative reporter, TJ Quinn. Uh, TJ, how exactly is this playing out? What is the significance of Griner's guilty plea here? Well, it's important not to look at it like you would a normal American criminal case. There was a recognition that this is a show trial. It's, it's all a negotiation tactic for Russia to get the resolution that everyone expects, which is some kind of uh, negotiation between the two countries, probably to trade her for somebody else. She was going to be found guilty. That was seen as a foregone conclusion. And they also knew that Russia was likely to demand some kind of admission of guilt from her before signing off on a deal to send her home. So the people I'd spoken to the last couple of weeks said the best strategy was probably go ahead and plead guilty. She's going to have to anyway. Now, the, the one thing that's going to be uh, also alien to any American watching this, it doesn't mean the trial's over. Russian trials drag on a long time. They are still going to read the entire mm. prosecution's case into the record, and she's not even going to be back in court again until next week. The case could go on for weeks and months. Okay, so how exactly then will this development influence the negotiations in bringing Griner back to the United States? The hope from her camp is that it's going to push things along a little bit, that it's a sign to Russia, hey, we're going to play ball. We're going to do what we need to to help you save face. The old, old expression in, in foreign policy, you save my behind, I'll save your face. She wants to get her behind out of there. Um, Russia, on the other hand, has, has a long history of taking trials like this and trying to make them look like legitimate processes when nobody else thinks that they are. So, TJ, Brittany's wife, Sherelle Greiner, she spoke at a rally last night, and it's been part of their strategy, the family strategy, as of recently, to be very vocal in all of this. How is that playing out with this trial? It, 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 it's really been something. They know that nothing they do, anything that happens in the U.S. is going to affect how Vladimir Putin or his government look at her case. What they want to do is put pressure on the White House to make a deal, which is why they made it public about delivering a letter from Brittany to President Biden on Monday. Uh, they were public about the phone call that President Biden and Vice President Harris made to Sherelle uh, a couple days later. Uh, they want to see that continued pressure on the White House. Uh, because they know that he's the one who can sign off on a deal. You mentioned that phone call. That phone call was between, as you mentioned, the President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris and Sherelle Greiner after Sherelle had asked for an in-person face-to-face meeting. That, that phone call was in response to a letter that Brittany Greiner specifically wrote to the President of the United States. Do you expect the President to have further contact with Brittany's family? Well, I would imagine Brittany's family wants it. Um, now, they actually, uh, uh, a senior diplomatic official in Moscow delivered a letter from the president back to Brittany Griner this morning. Um, what Sherelle Griner wanted was a meeting with the president. I mean, the phone call probably buys them a little bit of time. 
but somehow they have managed it to, in an incredibly busy U.S. news cycle. The president's uh, you know, spokesperson was asked about Brittany Griner every single day this week. They want to keep that pressure up. So while they may, she may say that she was happy with that phone call, it's unlikely that's going to be the end of the engagement they want from the White House. TJ, thank you so much for your reporting. We will continue to follow this story as it continues to develop. Thank you so much for joining us here on NBA Today. So Griner's trial on charges of taking hashish oil into Russia began last Friday. And as TJ mentioned, the next hearing, it's scheduled to take place yeah. one week from today on July 14th. This was a season that had so much promise and it all a complete no regrets it happens. People want to have some hope of what may happen in the future, but it's hard for me to say. How do you know? The rant is happening up. When it's time to go. Requested a trade. Run this course. You for the Porsche. We hop in the Porsche and get on the boat. I can't worry about what people say. I just focus on me. I built different, man. I feel different. Even feel different when I walk inside. We laugh when I breeze past and I might blast on the future. When they find out that you lie. We now welcome in senior NBA insider Adrian Wojnarowski. So, Woj, what stage are the Durant trade conversations in? <laughs> in my experience, Malika, there's two stages, the day a player requests a trade and then the day he's traded. So sometimes it takes <laughs> you looking back at the process to know how far into it you are. But certainly the Nets at this point, you know, they're engaged on a number of fronts uh, for Kevin Durant deals. And, you know, a deal of this, of a player of this stature, typically they don't come together quickly. Now, if this trade request had been made prior to the draft and there was sort of the deadline of a draft and the ability to build a deal around picks uh, in that window, it might have moved quicker. But now that we're in the offseason, training camp's still a couple months away. Uh, you know, that, I think that buys the Nets certainly time to continue kind of canvassing the league. And, you know, you start to get into negotiations with teams. They don't always move quickly. The goal of the Nets to get as much as possible. The goal, obviously, of teams who want to trade for Kevin Durant is to give up as little as possible. And certainly that can grind things, uh, you know, to where it's not necessarily a day-to-day -day back and forth among teams. I do think getting to Summer League, you know, Sean Marks and, you know, you go through the list of other executives who are going to be in Las Vegas, uh, most of them starting Thursday, Friday. Uh, you know, I think the face-to-face -face can be helpful, especially when you're trying to put together more complicated deals that might require three, four teams. Absolutely. So how closely are the Nets and Kevin Durant working together right now, if at all? Yeah, Sean Marks, the Nets GMs, you know, he's in close contact, regular contact, I'm told, with Kevin Durant's manager, uh, Rich Kleiman. And so they've got a good working relationship. I'm told they've continued uh, to discuss, you know, different scenarios and, and discuss, you know, how they can figure out moving forward here. So uh, I do think that dialogue with the Nets and Kevin Durant's rep, uh, you know, that's been uh, the case here. Uh, in the days and time leading up to the trade request and now since uh, Kevin Durant asked out. So what is the net strategy here? When we're looking at the possible dominoes that can fall, right? One that continues to come to mind is Kyrie Irving. Is it, is it possible that we could see Kyrie traded first? It, it is possible, Malika. And obviously there's a much, you don't have as wide of a swath of teams, uh, as many conversations, not nearly as many going on for Kyrie Irving than you do Kevin Durant. And I think it's more isolated. The Nets have been engaged with the Lakers really here in the last week. And if they got to a place where there was a deal that made sense that the Lakers wanted to do, that Brooklyn wanted to do, then Brooklyn's got to measure uh, the timing of it and how it would impact where they think they are with Kevin Durant. Uh, so the possibility that they could trade Kyrie Irving before Kevin Durant, it exists. There's also a possibility that they don't trade Kyrie Irving. Um, and listen, that they don't find a deal as quickly as everyone might expect uh, for Kevin Durant. Like all of those things uh, are still on the table. Uh, but I think certainly 
you've got to take them as two individual potential deals. And if you're going to trade them both, how do you get max value for both? The timing may land differently for either of them. The timing may land differently. It is all about timing here. Woj, thank you so much. And we will see you very soon in Las Vegas because that's where we right. are right this very second. Uh, in the Thomas and Mack Center for NBA Today, you can see practices going on behind us uh, during our show here. Teams are going to be cycling through ahead of the first games getting underway. But welcoming in now Richard Jefferson and Matt Barnes. Thank you so much for hanging with me today, gentlemen. We just heard a whole lot from Adrian Wojnarowski. And what was interesting to me is the timing piece, right? The timing for the best deal for Kevin Durant might not be the same as the timing for the best deal for Kyrie Irving. What did you make of everything we just heard, Matt? I mean, obviously, and as they should, the Nets are asking for a King's ransom for KD. Mm -hmm. Arguably one of the, if not the best player in his prime to ever ask to be traded. So I wouldn't be surprised if, like Woj mentioned, deals aren't coming as fast as they want and we end up seeing KD possibly starting the season in Brooklyn. And then on the flip side, I look at that, you know, if you're trading for Kevin Durant, you're going to have to give up so much. What is the team going to have left? Obviously, there's probably yeah. going to be a third and fourth team in there, but I'm thinking that the, the, between the two main teams, if KD chooses to go to a team, they're going to have to give up so much to get him. What's going to be left when he gets there? So uh, a lot of tough decisions to be made and, and, and we'll just have to sit back and continue to speculate and enjoy. Well, and they're both complicated for different reasons. Kyrie doesn't have as many places or probably suitors where Kevin Durant has damn near the All entire league. league. Right. But I, this is what I would say to some NBA teams. I understand that you don't want to give away too much, but you're going to have to give away a lot. That being said, if you've got Kevin Durant on your team yeah. to start the season, it looks far better than if you trade for him at some point in time during the season. If you're giving up a lot to get Kevin Durant on your team, it's because you want to win a championship right. now or in the next two, two years. So for me, you want to give it up now, get him to his team, get him acclimated, do all the things that you need to do to make sure that you can start the season in the best possible way versus saying, well, we don't want to give up two swaps, so now Kevin Durant's not going to be on our team right. for 20 games or 15 games in the middle of the season. Right, but I think the balance, though, is that making sure whatever it is you give up, Kevin still looks around at what's still there, and he says, okay, I feel yes. good about going there because we can win. Well, there's not going to be, you can't win-win in this situation. <laughs> like, right. but, but then that's why, you know, if if you can't win-win in this situation, as, as Woj told us on the show yesterday, that's why this is so complicated, why we could either, one, see it drag out, or there's a possibility that as time and situations are jointly presented to the Nets and Kevin, Kevin looks around and says, I, I still feel like, because we all know that Kevin wants to win. Like yeah. At the end of the day, that's what he wants. And right. so if, it, and I'm not saying he does, but if what you're saying comes to fruition and the choices are, I feel like I win could win better with the Nets than I could like that's yeah, the balance. And that's the one thing that I've, I've seen from Kevin Durant, and I don't know him personally, but I will say this. In Oklahoma City, uh, you know, after they, you know, lost to, to Golden State, he decided to leave, right? Because I think he wanted to just like, hey, I want to play that brand of basketball, where everyone moves. He gets there. And then after a little bit of time with the Draymond situation, he's like, okay, this isn't just basketball anymore. I want to go someplace else. Now he goes to Brooklyn, and then all of a sudden it seems like it's not just basketball anymore. It seems like there's a bunch of other things. So that's the reoccurring theme that I I've seen with Kevin Durant is when it doesn't become just basketball, he doesn't really want yeah. much part of it, and I respect that. Yeah. And so if the Nets can get back to in some way saying like, hey, we just want to focus on basketball here and get rid of the distractions, then, you know, maybe they can convince Kevin. Maybe Kyrie is still on that roster. Well, I think, I mean, that's the one that you can you can knock Kevin for whatever reason you want, but at the end of the day, he wants to win, and you know he's going to put his best out there every, every day. single time he steps on the floor. So you can say whatever you want about the other stuff, his decisions, his going dark on everyone, but the one thing we know about Kevin Durant is when he gets on that floor, he's yeah. going to give you his absolute most. So, again, it'll be interesting uh, to see what happens. But again, like I said, with winning being his top priority, teams are going to have to give up so much to get him when he looks at that roster that he's possibly going to. Can I win with this roster or do I have a better chance, like you said, at winning in Brooklyn? And, and we'll have to see. Right. And and I mean, I, I, I'm not I covered Kevin Durant in Brooklyn for two years. I wouldn't we have not spoken in this process. I wouldn't say we're especially close. But from from being around him every day, that's sort of what I've noticed. It's, it's about winning. And so what keeps making all of these trade scenarios that our insiders are coming up with and presenting to us? 
uh, that make sense maybe for one team don't right. necessarily make sense for Brooklyn or make sense for Kevin. And that's why this is such a difficult yeah. needle to thread here with winning being the through line that they're trying to pull. Well, the most important thing here is you're getting Kevin Durant for four years. Let's not just make it seem like, hey, we need to win today. It's like, no, right. we can say it's like, hey, this is our core. Absolutely. And over the next one year, two years, yes. we can add these pieces. We can add these pieces. And maybe in the right. last two years of your deal is when our team is going to be but fully loaded. he has to buy into that. Uh, agreed. Plan, right? Agreed. Like, yeah. that, that's it. He has to be able to say, yes, cool. Because you don't make a trade and mortgage all this different for Kevin Durant if you don't feel like Kevin Durant is going to come there, buy in, give you the time for the four years. And if he buys into that vision and there are guys, there are men, there are general managers are so brilliant at doing that. Someone like Masai Ujiri selling Kawhi Leonard on a vision for one year mm-hmm. that there are people who can do that, but it's it's not everybody that can do that. Right, right, and not really quickly. Remember, LeBron James won in his second year in L.A. Yep. He won in his second year in Cleveland. He won in his second year in Miami. So it's not just about showing up and saying this. You remember what LeBron James showed up with in L.A. and what it turned into. So Kevin Durant and his his, his team have to have the, the vision of like, hey, this is, might be what it is today, but this is what it can turn into. As long as, yeah, as long as all those cards are on the table and they're all reading the tea leaves the same, that could be a, a beautiful thing, whether it's in Brooklyn or somewhere else. All right, still to come, though, on NBA Today. Let's go. How about Chet Holmgren? Did you guys see that? Oh, Chet, not checkers. That's cute. Uh, find out why last night he may have met his match, though, against the man. Did you notice I call him Gen Zebo? You'll see what I mean. Plus, <laughs> Russell Westbrook in the news based on something his head coach said. Do not miss that shortly. And we'll be talking about the Pelicans in just a little bit because Zion, he spoke after his mega extension signing. NBA Today continues after this. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Welcome back to NBA Today. I wanted, uh, Breaking news, Gonzaga's Chet Holmgren transitioning from the kennel to playing with the big dogs as the freshman center declared for the NBA draft. It, uh, run it. What is a team getting when they draft you? A team, when they draft me, they're getting a versatile player, you know, that's affecting winning. I think I could be a 50, 40, 90 player. Okay, that's what there I want to hear. There we go. That's what I want to hear. What are your plans going into the NBA boys putting on weight? You know, although you had a You can hang out with Perk for a week. Nah, I, don't, <laughs> I want to know his individual goals because if he tells us his goals and he accomplishes his goals, guess what? We can revisit this moment 15, 20 years down the line and say he said it today on NBA Today. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to shoot for anything less than, you know, the highest. I want it out. Run it. Oh, my God. He's got to come on, man. He's ready. He's nice. about to be in a little baby video. I had to do that this. for all my people that's probably watching. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what's the meaning behind the dice? You got to hold the mic. So, my bad. <laughs> I got you. I'm big on betting on myself, so I had to put on the, on the dice. If you could give yourself advice a year ago, what would it be? Stay in the moment. Stay where your feet are because, you know, it goes so fast. Chet Holmgren from Gonzaga University. 
Welcome back to NBA Today. So the Pistons, they're getting some practice time in behind us. I cannot wait to see Jaden Ivey on the floor. But I do want to talk a little bit about Chet Holmgren because he was in action last night after his initial just dazzling first game. Came back down to earth a little bit, Mark Spears. Let's take a look at exactly what went down here because he was kind of given all that he mm. could handle, mm. Richard. Mm. Yeah. Ooh. 275,000. That's more That's more to handle than most NBA players. Me and Matt right now, I, I'm 235, 240. I'm 240. I don't want no part of I that. I want no Don't ask me my way. <laughs> he left you out of it, big fella. He left you out of it. Hey, this is a light-skinned Zebo. I love it. An undrafted player that really is taking a chance at every opportunity to make to let everyone know he they made a mistake by not picking him up, but just pure butte strength and skill. I and love skill. It. That's the part that I think is, is yeah. people are, are glossing over is that skill. skill. Yes. His skill is extremely high. And I'll say this. I don't know what his conditioning is, but I think if you look at different guys that have changed their body and become stronger, be more physical, he can be a real problem. Well, the, the Grizzlies, Desmond Bain and John Morant, you can see he was there at the game. They loved it. Look at the oh. gift that they put up. I mean, come on, guys. This was the concern, though, uh, coming in about Chet Holmgren. I know Jay Billis said, don't let his, his frame fool you. He is tough. And by the way, offensively, he was still getting buckets last night. Yeah, yeah no, you can't stop him from scoring. He's got the length. And again, he's, when you compare him to Kevin Durant and that size and that length if you're not right there and we already know that that's a gimme right there anything around the bucket and I think his ability to make plays for his teammates yeah. I think that's an underrated skill of his but you see him in the first game pulling up in transition at three his ability to pretty much jump from almost the paint and yeah. block yeah. a three-point shot um, and again I'm not really worried about Lofton backing him down as we were talking off, off air there's probably five guys in the league that can do that so it's not going to be an every night occurrence where people are just beating Chet up I like Chet's odds in, in, in this game well, he showed out through two games, right? Put up 23.6 blocks, four three-pointers in the first game against Utah, and then he had a double-double last night. Hey, do you think, Richard, he's going to get a triple-double with blocks at some I, point? I think he should because there's going to be teams that aren't intelligent enough to, to figure that out. <laughs> but, yeah, look, over an 82-game stretch, I think that those should be one of his goals. You shouldn't have a lot of individual goals as far as statistics, but if you want to be the type of presence, yeah. he should be like, I want to get double-digit blocks. blocks. No different than a guard is like, I want to get double-digit assists or steals. Mm -hmm or something along those lines. Bringing in Mark Spears, our senior writer for Anscape. Thank you so much for spending some time with us today. Mark, what, what, what's your takeaway? Watching two games of him play, now we've seen a little bit of not quite NBA action, but NBA-adjacent action through Summer League. Well, I did also get to spend some time with Chet during last season. He's an interesting cat from Minneapolis. Uh, ate a lot of Jamaican food, has some swag to him, the diverse group both, he grew yes. up with. And <laughs> so you could kind of see that from him. But I, I, I asked him after the draft, what does the spacing in the NBA do for him mm. so I think offensively it does a lot it gives him the ability to get a shot off and he, he could take it off the dribble and it's not like college where they're like packing in in the paint so I think offensively he's gonna be scary he's kind of like Dirk you're not gonna be able to stop him KD a tall guy shooting like that the problem is what you saw with Lofton. Just when people are going to have to punish him on the other end. Yeah. In college, he at times he had trouble getting in foul trouble. He's tougher than you think. He's a great rebounder. But again, I think when you see that Lofton film, that's going to be what people are going to use to try to abuse him on the defensive end. We were talking about it in the break, right? When you say things like, oh, well, can he guard Joel Embiid? Can he guard Nikola? Who, Who can? can? Yeah, no one can. Exactly. Shoot, I don't want to guard those dudes right yeah. now. Nobody. Right now, but in your prime, you'd be signing up? Yeah, because in my prime, they had to guard me, too. In my prime, they had to guard me, too. But, I, yeah. look, those guys are next level. I just look, when you look at him, there's very few guys that are built like but like Kenny Lofton Jr. There's Zion. There's very few guys that can do that. So if you're like, hey, there's about 10 to 12 guys that he might have trouble guarding, that's not that's not a lot. That's not a lot. But and they're going to have trouble on the other side. And also, exactly, sometimes your best defense is your offense. So mm -hmm. they're going to have to try to figure out a way to guard him as well. So, again, you know, as we said, there's, not, there's a handful of guys in the league, probably we can count on two hands that are going to be able to do that to anybody and those guys can't be guarded by anybody period so again I don't make too much of this situation obviously it doesn't look good and the fact that he's frail and that was everyone was talking about is yeah. a, a, probably a talking point but I wouldn't worry about that. But, that but that's what summer league's about right it's sort of figuring out what your strengths are right. how you're going to match up against some of these guys and being able to use your strengths like you mentioned if it's his offense whatever yeah. the case may be because again after summer league games I'm always telling myself just don't get too excited yeah. yes. chill out I don't have to tell myself that. I, I thought Nicholas was pretty. <laughs> 
remember, <laughs> remember Nicholas Skidisvili? Oh, yeah. I thought he was going to be a yeah, superstar yeah. after Summer League. No, I never thought. Yeah, you yeah. learned that. And the, Avery Johnson said, Mark, that's Summer League. That's Summer League. Yeah. Don't yeah. like. Well, that's the thing that I don't think that people understand. And Richard and I were talking about this on the way over. Unfortunately, about 90% or maybe more of these guys won't be on an NBA roster next year. So it's really hard to gauge the type of talent night in, night out in a Summer League game that you've seen these young high draft picks play against because the guys they're playing against won't necessarily be in the league, which is unfortunate next year. The good sign is is that this is a step higher than college, yep. right? So this is better than college. So to see him come out here and play at this level, I think he's I think everyone knows he's a player, but it's good to kind of see that reaffirm like oh he's on block shots. Do whatever you want, big fella. Did you button up one more button? Though, oh, you know, it wasn't shirt. It wasn't shirt. wasn't shirting the way I wanted it to shirt. <laughs> See, this thing was flopping, <laughs> and you know, it's well, Vegas. Hey, when Matt Barnes was a rookie, mm. he was with the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Rocky Mountain Review, and they didn't have room for him on the bus. So the trainer Max Benton asked a rookie Matt Barnes if I could, if he could ride with me. And did you I gave ride? Him a, yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> I was gonna say, I learned about his pos being from San Jose too. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. He kicked. He didn't have room for him on the bus. Really? Years ago. Twenty years ago. Hey, Matt, mm -hmm. you always will have a seat in our car as we ride over to the arena, even if we have to kick out Richard. Yeah. Always have a seat. All I'm saying is Malika got me on a poster, and I'm forever indebted to you. Okay. And not because you were posterized. Just to be very clear, that wasn't like posterizing <laughs> me. That was, that was a promotion for the show. Still to come, though, on NBA Today. Mark, please stick around because you had some very interesting reporting come out today. Do not go anywhere, Laker Nation. We've got not one but uh -oh. two reporters joining us next for some Westbrook news. I like this. This music plus Zion he clears the air after signing his mega extension what he said that you need to hear I'm talking to you small market fans and wait until you see what Sabrina Ionescu did last night hit hit she went off and Matt Barnes was there to witness it stay tuned NBA Today rolls on after this Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Could we see Kyrie Irving also be on the move? The Lakers, they're willing certainly to take the risk that comes with Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving is telling everybody he plans on going to L.A., meaning the Lakers, as soon as he possibly can. This could be the pathway to get off of Russell Westbrook. The Lakers are desperate. The problem is the trade that makes sense is Russell Westbrook. Okay, that's great. The Lakers fans are in tears. But it doesn't work on the books. So we have to sit and wait for the Durant situation to play out, whether that takes three days or three weeks. Welcome back to NBA Today and Viva Las Vegas, baby. NBA Today will be in Sin City for the next two days from Summer League as the Pistons are wrapping up their practice right behind us. But I would like to spend a little bit of time in the Western Conference as we welcome in our reporter covering the Lakers, Dave McMenamin, still hanging with Mark Spears and Matt Barnes. But Dave, what is the latest that you can tell us surrounding any possible trades that involve Russell Westbrook? Well, the Lakers are going to be bringing their summer league contingency out to Las Vegas. That includes Rob Palinka, and Rob Palinka will be able to have a face-to-face -face conversation with Sean Marks of the Brooklyn Nets, and they can discuss things like, are we going to be able to put together a deal here, and are we actually giving, getting your best offer yet? You know, has it just been positioning from both sides? Can we actually come down to brass tacks and figure out a deal here? If the Lakers can't 
figure something out with Kyrie, if that's not feasible, they're going to have to move on because their roster is incomplete. They are still missing shooting with the current group. They yep. introduced all the new guys yesterday. You know, Thomas Bryant brings some shooting as a stretch five, and obviously Lonnie Walker at times has hit around 40% in his career, but they need more. And Rob Palenka and the Lakers brass believe that they can acquire that via trade. And whether that not be the major trade in Kyrie Irving. Yeah. Perhaps you call up the Indiana Pacers and see about Buddy Heald, who they almost traded for last year. Right. How about Eric Gordon in Houston, right. who will be in a rebuilding situation, could be part of a more competitive team. Those are some of the things they're going to look at. But the first domino, they got to figure out if Kyrie's realistic or not. Oh, and we know that shooting around LeBron James, that tends to be something that works. But they also have a new head coach in Darvin Ham, and you had a chance, Mark, to spend some time with Darvin, chat with him. What is he saying about how his coaching style could pair with or maybe how he would use Russell Westbrook if he is still on the roster. Well, they're BFFs right now. <laughs> they're talking on the phone. They're texting. They're having lunch and dinners together. And he said, man, don't count them out. He has a clear plan for him to push his energy. He also expects him to be a starter. Mm. He loves Russell Westbrook. And, and But I said, well, what about the other chatter? I know he's heard about Kyrie and all those things, and obviously he can't talk about other players, but he said he doesn't pay attention to that or listen to that. He watches the History Channel. Well, he <laughs> <laughs> falls asleep to the History Channel or watches the History yeah. Channel. I mean, but the Depends thing, on what history it is. See, there you go. The thing is, though, Matt, they, for a coach, you have to look at who is on the roster. You can't necessarily fully go into planning mm -hmm. for the hypothetical moves that could be made. What is ideal when you're looking at if Russell Westbrook, as, as your reporting mark, is going to be a starter, what is the role that would be ideal for him to play if the Lakers want to not just win it, get back into the playoffs? Let's start there. Well, I mean, I think if the dust settles and Russ ends up being here, and I think that's what Darvin Ham's focus is, obviously he's on the team now, you don't know what's going to happen, so we're assuming that Russ is going to be there, but sometimes, as Mark touched on, you need a coach that's able to push these guys' buttons, and Darvin Ham could possibly be that coach that can re-motivate Russ, have a conversation with Russ, kind of tell him what he sees and what he feels feels like his best possible roles. We all know Russ is a very confident, sometimes stubborn, hard-headed guy. But at the same time, when you respect where the voice is coming from, whether that be a coach or an older player, sometimes you change your tune. So if, it, if the dust does settle and the Lakers are with Russell Westbrook, it's not a terrible thing, again, because I feel like maybe Darvin Ham can be that one guy that really gets into him and has him back to playing, not necessarily who he was in OKC, but something suitable for his age and what helps this team the most. And Matt, it's a really savvy move by Darvin because of the many things that went wrong for the Lakers last year, the personal relationship between Frank Vogel and Russell Westbrook wasn't there. Right. Yep. And so Darvin, who knows Russell's going to be on the team, but if he is, Darvin's already laying nice. out that path to make yep. things work. Well, and in Milwaukee, that was one of the things. Players respected yep. Darvin Ham yeah. so very and much. And he keeps it 100, yep. 1,000, 1 million. Every minute <laughs> of every like day of the year. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Well, he's wearing them because we need to get Mark Spears out of here. He's got uh, some big wedding plans. Crasher. Uh, yeah. Wedding crasher. Congratulations, so we'll Cody go. Woods. We'll let you go to Cody right. Woods' wedding. Mark, we yeah. appreciate the time here on NBA Today, but still to come, Mr. Zion Williamson, he signed a mega extension. So, from one Western Conference team to another, we'll be talking the Pelicans. That is next. What he said, do not miss that. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Yanescu does what she does so well. You know I'm a beast. You know I'm a beast. Yanescu just needs a little bit of space. She's almost on the A of arena. 
just deliver it in the right place at the right time. She gets the assist on that one. Give her the triple-double. Her second triple-double on the season. I was just trying to do everything I can to help this team win. Oh, man. Sabrina Unescu, she put up 31 points, 13 rebounds, 10 assists against the Aces in the Aces' house on Wednesday, becoming the first woman in WNBA history with a 30-point triple-double. That is just incredible. Matt, you were sitting courtside for the entire thing. What'd you think? Very impressive. First of all, the, the, the energy in this arena was electric last night. It was my first Aces game, and, and Aces had control pretty much the entire game until the fourth quarter. They started walking them down, and Sabrina did everything possible from making shots yep. to diving on the floor to finding her teammates to getting crucial defensive rebounds uh, to bring her home, to will her team to win. But just, you know, the first 30-point uh, triple-double in WNBA history, salute to Sabrina, but it was it, it was a special night, and uh, she definitely matched the the thing that's okay the 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 triple double the 30 point the fact that she had zero turnovers, turnovers. Mm. that's, that's like, some cp3 yeah, yeah that's a, not many nba players have done 30 points 10 re and zero turnovers so when i see that that means there's efficiency there there's usage there there's even fatigue normally if you're having to score you're getting other people involved you're doing all of these things sometimes fatigue happens you could dribble the ball off your i foot. didn't see her sit down one time last night and, and, that's, cut you what, off. and that's what's so impressive is to see somebody play at that level and almost have that's almost like a flawless per perfect game first player with no turnovers in a triple double well and then she had some sauce on it too because my favorite part is when she just like waved <laughs> bye. bye to the yes. crowd i was like oh yes. my god because this place i mean it was, it was rocking last night it was rocking full rocking i just the the, the goodbye the, ride, mean, the, the dame lillard a bit, yeah a little, a little bit of dame lillard, lillard. okc vibe to so it open there right the one person you don't want to leave gets mm -hmm. the most open. I mean, she took over that game. Sabrina, uh, she'll be in action this weekend at WNBA All-Star Weekend in Chicago. And on Saturday on ESPN, we'll have the three-point contest, the skills challenge. That's at 3 Eastern, noon Pacific. And then Sunday is the 18th annual All-Star Game, and it's on ABC at 1 o'clock Eastern. Both are also available on the app, so you can watch it anywhere. More NBA Today coming up after the break. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. We are live from Las Vegas as the NBA gets ready to kick off the 2022 Las Vegas Summer League. It is a balmy 110 degrees in Vegas. Oh, wouldn't it be nice to be in Paris? Not quite, but Sacre Bleu, we're going to have a show anyway. NBA Today starts right now. This is NBA Today, hosted by Malika Andrews. Cultured. We start today with news out of the Brittany Griner trial in Russia. She pleaded guilty this morning to bringing hashish oil into Russia, telling a judge she did so, quote, inadvertently. And so for more on this story, I want to bring in our investigative reporter, TJ Quinn. Uh, TJ, how exactly is this playing out? What is the significance of Griner's guilty plea here? Well, it's important not to look at it like you would a normal American criminal case. There was a recognition that this is a show trial. It's, it's all a negotiation tactic for Russia to get the resolution that everyone expects, which is some kind of uh, negotiation between the two countries, probably to trade her for somebody else. She was going to be found guilty. That was seen as a foregone conclusion. And they also knew that Russia was likely to demand some kind of admission of guilt from her before signing off on a deal to send her home. So the people I'd spoken to the last couple of weeks said the best strategy was probably 
go ahead and plead guilty. She's going to have to anyway. Now, the, the one thing that's going to be uh, also alien to any American watching this, it doesn't mean the trial's over. Russian trials drag on a long time. They are still going to read the entire mm. prosecution's case into the record, and she's not even going to be back in court again until next week. The case could go on for weeks and months. Okay, so how exactly then will this development influence the negotiations in bringing Griner back to the United States? The hope from her camp is that it's going to push things along a little bit, that it's a sign to Russia, hey, we're going to play ball. We're going to do what we need to to help you save face. The old, old expression in, in foreign policy, you save my behind, I'll save your face. She wants to get her behind out of there. Um, Russia, on the other hand, has, has a long history of taking trials like this and trying to make them look like legitimate processes when nobody else thinks that they are. So, TJ, Brittany's wife, Sherelle Greiner, she spoke at a rally last night, and it's been part of their strategy, the family strategy, as of recently, to be very vocal in all of this. How is that playing out with this trial? It, it, it's really been something. They know that nothing they do, anything that happens in the U.S. is going to affect how Vladimir Putin or his government look at her case. What they want to do is put pressure on the White House to make a deal, which is why they made it public about delivering a letter from Brittany to President Biden on Monday. Uh, they were public about the phone call that President Biden and Vice President Harris made to Sherelle uh, a couple days later. Uh, they want to see that continued pressure on the White House. Uh, because they know that he's the one who can sign off on a deal. You mentioned that phone call. That phone call was between, as you mentioned, the President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris and Sherelle Greiner after Sherelle had asked for an in-person face-to-face meeting. That, that phone call was in response to a letter that Brittany Greiner specifically wrote to the President of the United States. Do you expect the President to have further contact with Brittany's family? Well, I would imagine Brittany's family wants it. Um, now, they actually, uh, uh, a senior diplomatic official in Moscow delivered a letter from the president back to Brittany Griner this morning. Um, what Sherelle Griner wanted was a meeting with the president. I mean, the phone call probably buys them a little bit of time. Uh, but somehow they have managed it to, in an incredibly busy U.S. news cycle. The president's uh, you know, spokesperson was asked about Brittany Griner every single day this week. They want to keep that pressure up. So while they may, she may say that she was happy with that phone call, it's unlikely that's going to be the end of the engagement they want from the White House. TJ, thank you so much for your reporting. We will continue to follow this story as it continues to develop. Thank you so much for joining us here on NBA Today. So Griner's trial on charges of taking hashish oil into Russia began last Friday. And as TJ mentioned, the next hearing, it's scheduled to take place yeah. one week from today on July 14th. Who am I? I'm Benedict Matthew. Ben Matherin is a legit star player. Here comes Showtime. Matherin, superb. His stock is raising, folks. Now, that's a thing of beauty. You've got to say, wow, that was impressive. Oh, oh Matherin wrapping it. <laughs> Woo! With the sixth pick in the 2022 NBA Draft, the Indiana Pacers select Benedict Matherin. He dripping. You said it was raining outside. You got to get an umbrella for that. <laughs> he was the sixth overall pick to the Indiana Pacers just a couple of weeks ago, and now he is here on NBA Today. Mr. Ben Matherin, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. We appreciate you being here. Um, we're in Las Vegas for the Summer League. Is it still surreal? To, you're, you're sitting here in your Pacers warm-up. You just came from practice. Is this experience still surreal for you? Um, I wouldn't say it's still surreal to me. Um, you know, draft night happened two weeks ago, mm -hmm. and uh, I knew summer league was right around the corner. Yep. And uh, you know, I'm really pretty excited to play summer league. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the last time you were in Las Vegas, he, he just scored a casual 27 points. Yeah, we won't do that. No, no, but you, Matt. real quickly, can I thank you though? Because after y'all lost at UCLA, Matt was he was texting me, he was posting stuff on social media, talking all that nonsense. So when y'all got to get back, <laughs> y'all got to get back. I appreciate that. So, so just playing in Vegas, does that mean there's some special juju that's still here for you for 
summer league? I hope so. Maybe. It might be. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, I can't have you here and not ask you about a couple of weeks ago. You said about LeBron James, I think he's the best player to ever play in the game. But me coming into this league, I'm not going to say that anybody is better than me. How do you reflect on that now? Um, I mean, this is pretty the way I, I, I wanted to say it before. I really had to clarify my comment. Everybody came at me. But um, like you said, you know, I'm a, I'm a rookie coming to the league. I won't let anybody, you know, I, I won't say anybody's better than me. Yeah. I'm going to have to go out there and uh, people will have to show me that they're better than me. So. Well, yeah, I showed it to him. I showed him and I showed him and, and he I was like, is this, what do you think of this? And and I'm lying because he didn't respond to my text. Like I said, <laughs> he didn't respond to me. But you're not lacking confidence. You sat up here and you're like, who's the greatest Wildcat ever? And I'm sitting here like, oh, you know, Sean Elliott. You're like, no, 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 no. It's me. And you're like, well, then who's the greatest zero? Your confidence. How much of that has gotten you to this point? Because we're all confident individuals. But, like, the irrational confidence. Oh, no, like, it's rational. No, 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 it's no, no, rational. no, 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 no. You have to have a rational confidence. And I, I say that in a positive way. Do you think that that confidence is something that's going to keep pushing you, trying to work so that you can back up these statements? For sure. Mm -hmm. um, you know, growing up, I always uh, wanted to be the best. Everything I was doing, um, I just never let anybody tell me I couldn't do anything. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I never let, you know, everything I used to do, I used to prove people wrong. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I'm just looking forward to, 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 to back up my things, like you said, but also um, learning. Yeah. Is there process. anything off of the court? I'm curious. This, this, it, We know that when you're competitive, like this it doesn't just extend to basketball it extends to yeah, every like, little thing you do is there other things that you can think of that you're like oh no like no one can beat me at yeah i mean it's just me as a person <laughs> i just think i'm a, i'm i mean i'm the best at everything i can do yeah if we take a, i love it a cup of water i'm gonna make you're sure gonna do it faster. you're gonna do it faster yeah, it's pretty much like this. see there you go i love Matt. that kind of confidence as a former player and just as someone older i love when younger players bring this kind of energy to the game because i think it's needed and obviously you know you're gonna raise some antennas and everyone's gonna want to see what you can do so that's gonna put you on a spot where we know you'll perform only in summer league but what are you looking forward to once the season comes uh, pretty much just, you know, having impact already, you know, bringing the team to a, to a different level. Um, you know, Pacers has been one of my favorite team all time. Okay. So just um, putting double zero on my back, uh, Mathurin representing myself, but also the team. I'm just looking forward to, uh, to have a lot of wins and uh, just have impact ready. Any players or teams you're looking forward to playing? Anyone in particular? I know everybody. Yeah, we already, see, we already, yeah, we already said one. He is in Outside of Braun. Anybody else? I'm not going to say anything right now. Everybody <laughs> will come. But you learned. I'm really, I'm, yeah, I'm really yeah. excited to play against, you know, yeah. a lot of rookies and uh, a couple of players in the right. NBA. Okay. I am curious, though, someone like Draymond Green, right, who plays with so much confidence, he says that he remembers the name, and obviously he was picked much, much later than you were in the second round, but he remembers the name of every single player that was picked before him, and he wanted to say, hey, just making sure everyone knows, like, I, I, I know this, and I'm going to bring my best, especially against these types of folks. Are you that type of person? For sure. I mean, you know, five guys were drafted ahead of me. I know exactly who was drafted ahead of me. Um, you know, I just, I just, I just keep it in my mind, and every time I get the chance to step on the court, um, it's another opportunity to, uh, you know, to prove myself. Ben Matherin, right. thank you so much for joining us here on NBA Today, and just be glad that Richard Jefferson is not refereeing one of your games. We appreciate <laughs> the time. Who said I'm not? Who said I'm not? I said you're not. Okay. Thank you. This was a season that had so much promise, and it all okay. fell apart. Fast toxic tragedy. No regrets. It happens. People want to have some hope of what may happen in the future, but it's hard for me to say. How do you know? Durant is having enough. When it's time to go. Requested a trade. Run his course. Fell for the Porsche. Hop in the Porsche and get on the boat. I can't worry about what people say. I just focus on me. I'm here. built different, man. I feel different. Even feel different when I walk inside. We laugh when I breeze past and I might blast in the future. When they find out that you lie. You're watching NBA Today, and we are all still watching Kevin Durant and how that may continue to unfold. Obviously, Kevin Durant requested a trade about a week ago uh, to Josai directly, is what our Adrian Wojnarowski reported. He joined us earlier when we were on ESPN News, and he said something interesting, Matt, about timetables. And the timetable, he said, for Kyrie Irving and when we could see a Kyrie Irving deal go down, what the best deal may be for him could be different right. than the timing for a 
best Kevin Durant trade. So hypothetically, we still could see Kyrie be traded first or one be or Kevin be traded first or neither be traded at all. How do you digest all of that? Well, we know timing is everything. And, you know, I think obviously Kevin Durant is really holding up the whole free agency movement. Everyone is kind of keeping their cards close to their chest because they want to be in a position to hopefully land uh, a player like Kevin Durant. It'll be interesting, though, because, you know, Brooklyn's going to ask for a King's ransom to get Kevin Durant as they should. And, and the way I look at it, if they are able to get what they feel is sustainable for KD, what's going to be left on the team he's going to? Does he feel like, hey, I can win, with, although we traded a lot of guys to get me? I feel like what's in this locker room can still win. Or do you look at, okay, there's still a lot of talent here in Brooklyn, and, and, and possibly could it be, you know, fixed over time. So we don't really know that, and we're going to have to sit back and wait and see. And look, I don't think Kevin Durant needs to win another championship. I think another championship for him is important, but I don't think he needs it. We already know who he is. We He's Kevin Durant. But the one thing that I want to focus on is that when you look at wherever he goes, you've got him for four years. You can't just say, hey, we got this. And I know when you hit Kevin Durant, you feel like there's this pressure. Obviously, the Nets felt it, the, the Golden State Warriors, even OKC. When he's on your team, you feel a pressure to win now. But you can look at it it's like, hey, maybe this is something that we can build. So what you show up for, if maybe they have cap space, if maybe they can lure other free agencies. When I look at players, and again, we can use LeBron James because he's the one player that we can say is of the same caliber, won a championship in his second year in Miami, second year in Cleveland, second year in L.A. So they still have to have a vision that like, hey, if I, if I show up in a place, it's not just like right now. This yeah. is for the future. This is for multiple years. And I think that just adds a complication. Plus, to Matt's point, when he's talking about, hey, it's holding up everything, because there is a third team, I believe, that can get some stuff and yep. can get successful yeah, just, sure. to, just because they're a part of it. And they're like, hey, we're going to hold to see what we get. Well, the important part, though, if that timeline isn't necessarily the minute that Kevin Durant gets to a new team, it's having him buy into that vision. And we've seen some brilliant basketball minds, some brilliant roster constructors like a Masai Ujiri be able to sell Kawhi Leonard on, well, we can do this in one year, and even if it's a one-year rental, which it turned out to be, we can win, and you're off the hook, and that's it. But Kevin has to buy into right. that. Whatever, the, if, if it's not going to be in year one, because we, we talked about this earlier. I covered Kevin Durant for two years. I wouldn't purport to know him well, but one thing I do know from being around him is how much he cares about winning. Right. And so he just has to buy into that vision, yeah. and so to the Nets on what they're getting in return. Yeah. Well, I definitely think that if Kevin is to leave the Nets, he's going to go to a situation he definitely believes in because I feel like he doesn't really want to leave another team, and that's just my opinion. Um, but at the same time, you know, all Richard, so all, uh, Richard said, you know, you got to see the big picture, and it could take some time. The media, the world, we don't give Kevin Durant time. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So when he lands somewhere, we're going to expect greatness, and we're going to expect a championship within the first, you know, year or two, which is sometimes could be unfair. So it'll be interesting to see again if he lands somewhere he feels still he still feels like he can win or if the Nets don't find anything that yeah. they feel is suitable for their team don't be surprised if he starts the season in Brooklyn well there you go but we know that when the GMs get here to Las Vegas that's when they'll be having face to face is a little different face to face it gets yeah. a little different it also gets a little different when these guys the prospects that are warming up behind us when they get in the gym because tonight the NBA 2k 23 summer league is back for another year and that will mean Paolo Bencaro and the Magic taking on Jabari Smith in the Rockets at 10 Eastern and then Shaden Sharp in the Trailblazers. They take on Jaden Ivey and the Pistons. Who are you most excited to see? This crap, this crap stable? <laughs> I want to see Richard referee this week. Oh, uh, Lord. None of us want to see that, but we're all going to be forced to. NBA Today will continue from Las Vegas are we, tomorrow. Are you going to play crap? That's going to do it for us. play craps with us? Yeah, I will. All right, let's go. You're <laughs>